Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is usually not longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So here it is, the pre-WWDC episode. Next time we talk on this show, it will be after the WWDC uh, Monday. And so it'll be like, well, we'll know everything. All the secrets yes. will be revealed. Maybe we maybe we might have even had a chance to, like, touch a headset. Uh, you know, every year before WWDC, we do our last-minute predictions and kind of advice to people who are either going or planning on watching it online. What to expect and what to do and what we're looking forward to. First of all, you're going, right? Yes, I, I believe in, and so are you. We will both be in Cupertino uh, for the event. Uh, exactly where we will be throughout the week is an ever-moving, complicated thing, but we will definitely both be there and be there on Monday for the keynote. Yeah, and I'm so looking forward to this. Um, I'm so happy that we're both able to go. We both were there last year, and so we both have a pretty clear idea, I think, of what it will probably be like, because I, I think it will probably be in many ways, very similar to last year, uh, to, to their event last year, which I think went very well. Yes. You know, the only potential, you know, asterisk on it is that it is fairly brief in the sense that, like, it isn't this whole week of sessions anymore in person. It's, you know, Monday as one big event, and then the rest of the week you're kind of, you know, it's mostly virtual. And and honestly, again, I, I'm very happy with that format. I, I, I think that format is very good and is actually better than the old format for more people more of the time. Absolutely. Um, so... What should people expect? What are you What are you expecting? You know, how, how is this week going to go? Sure. So I think the first thing I would want to sort of just talk about, too, is I think we're going to talk a bit about being on site, but I don't think this is it's probably good to just sort of clarify that most of the advice that we're going to give applies to everyone because most of the conference, most of the week is still online, that the sessions and the labs and activities and all the things that are happening, other than there's a few things that are actually in Cupertino on site, the majority of this will apply to everyone. It's just generally good advice. And secondary to that, I would also encourage anyone who isn't going to be there on site to go to Apple has put together a page called Beyond WWDC, which includes events that are in-person events like all over the world. So if you're in Finland, there's a meetup or an event that's this, you know, they're going to be happening during WWDC week. Some of them are like keynote watch parties. Some of them are later in the week. There's a wide variety of things in there. And I would just encourage you to not feel like, oh, I'm not on person. There's, you know, I, can't, I couldn't go in person. So there's nothing for me to do. It's like there might be something that could be convenient and close. Um, and it could be a nice way to meet some local developers who you don't know otherwise. So I would encourage you if you aren't on site to, you know, explore your options uh, about that because it's just a great week, I feel like, to celebrate being part of this community. And that can be in person in Cupertino at Apple Park, or that could just as easily be at home in your whatever country you are, you are in, and you can celebrate um, sort of that community that's a part there. And then I think changing sort of to the if you are on site i think there's some advice and things i think this will be my 15th wwdc oh, wow. something like that <laughs> 2000, i think my, the first time i went in 2000 it was in 2009 yep me too um and so it's like 15 wwdc's i think i've learned a few things about this process and so um i think hopefully i can give some you know some advice for especially if this is your first time coming out to one of these to kind of what to expect how to get, make the most of it how to not be completely overwhelmed how to navigate some of the com more complicated interpersonal things that can come up as a res result of being there um but in general like starting off thinking about like the actual just some on-site logistics so uh one is Get your badge uh, the day before if you can. Uh, you can. I think you can register on the Monday morning, but I always find they have a thing 
on the Sunday afternoon. I believe it's at Infinite Loop this year um, where you can get your badge ahead of time, which is both good so that you just have it and you know if there's going to be any issues or problems. Like I think you have to bring a government-issued ID. And so if you didn't have that with you, you have you know, time to go and get it. Um, but also it's just nice to just have that sorted out so Monday morning you can just show up for the event and enjoy it. Um, at the event itself, I would say, especially having learned this from last year, it's like it is going to likely and most well, I think Apple is very much banking on it going to be sunny and hot. Um, and so have sunscreen, wear a hat, you know, need to hydrate, make sure you rest in the shade if you can. Um, just like take care of yourself because it can be a very long day if you're just like baking in the sun for hours. And so just something I would say to, to kind of be aware of that you need to take care of yourself early so that you can enjoy it to its fullest because i think it goes through 8 p.m t- uh, this year and it's like that's going to be a long day if you don't take care of yourself uh, from the beginning so just be aware of yourself wear a hat put some sunscreen on drink lots of water um, and you'll be you'll be fine but just be, be aware of that going into it apple knows that nobody prepares for this like last year they gave everyone little like goodie bags and one of the things in the goodie bags was a little bottle of sunscreen <laughs> Yeah, and still most people ignored it and got sunburned. <laughs> so really, they they do they're doing their best. <laughs> you know, listen to them. They know they live there. Like they they know how to do the, how to do California. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's uh, the one thing I would I would suggest if if you especially if you are there in person, do everything. Like find every single event or time slot that can be filled with something put something in it and do it because it's such a short event. You know, it's so compressed. You know, when, when you had like a week-long conference in the, in the past, it was easy to say, oh, you know, you could take a slot here and there off and, you know, take a break or download the betas or whatever. Like, don't do that here when, when you only have like, you know, one day or maybe a day and a half of events. You know, do everything. Put Fill every time slot. You know, go to bed early the night before so you can wake up in time to do all the morning stuff. Like, everything. Do everything. Especially because this year... This is a potential platform launch. This is, you know, we might we, we might see the headset this year. It's, it sure seems like a, you know, all but sure thing uh, that, that there's going to be some kind of new hardware platform. A headset is pretty hard to demo virtually. And so if you are there in person, take advantage, go to everything, because you never know which of those time slots of whatever event Apple says it's going to be might include the opportunity for you to try a headset. So... Do everything. Be present for everything. Schedule every single time slot. Every event Apple has a time slot for, plan to be there because you never know what it'll be. Yeah, I think I would agree with that with the small caveat of just making sure that you do. If you feel at any point that you're overwhelmed, you're tired, you need just need a rest, take a rest. It's fine. Like it's 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 find that balance but don't feel like oh uh, whatever i'll just you know just i i like do it because you're you you need a rest and i need a break that's fine but don't just be you know just ch- sort of doing something that you could be doing otherwise like this is not especially on that monday it's not the day to be like just you know checking your work email and in the, in your work slack unless you absolutely have to be there like just say i'm 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 gone for this day i'm i'm busy i'm i'm in, I'm in you know, i'm present in this place i'm doing this thing and that should be your focus is uh, something that i would definitely encourage you to, to try, you know to clear, clear your schedule as much as you can to take as the maximum um advantage of this that you can and then you know sort of enjoy it from there yeah so how many uh, test devices you bring in <laughs> So testing devices, I think first is, is every year there's always the like, oh, should I install the the beta on my phone? It's like, well, it's like, okay, if you want to do, if you want to be that person, by all means, be that person. That's that that that's up to you. In 15 years of doing this, I would say, don't be that person. 
that, like, if you want to do that, that's more power to you. But maybe plan ahead, take a testing phone, clear it ahead, you know, make sure that it's, it's, it's ready to go. It's logged into your testing Apple ID. Um, it's ready to go. If you're going to, if you do any Apple Watch development, pair your Apple Watch to that testing phone ahead of time so that the pairing process doesn't take an hour and a half and you're annoyed and frustrated that it doesn't work. Um, if you're doing Apple Watch development, I would say also start wearing that Apple Watch uh, at least a week early. Um, that's, you know, if you're like, I'm in the two watch club all summer where I wear at least two watches, uh, th- you know, from, I guess it would be next Monday till the end of September. I will usually wear two Apple Watches with me. And that's just what I do because I want to have one of them with the beta, one of them with my, my main data. But I'm saying wear it ahead of time because if you do anything with health, like having an empty health database will make your development process much less helpful than if you have a week's worth of data that you can start referencing from and looking through. So I would say ideally have a testing watch, have a testing phone, bring them with you, uh, make sure you have everything with you. If you are going somewhere, if you're, if you're traveling to Cupertino or you're traveling somewhere else domestically for an event, you know, that you were able to develop, that you have your your, your, you know, your laptop. Um, I always travel with a, la- you know, a laptop stand, a keyboard and a mouse so that I can ergonomically work in a hotel room. Um, don't try and have like this big, deep work at a, you know, a tiny little hotel desk in an awkward chair. You're just going to wreck your body uh, in my experience. And so like, I always have to bring the stuff that I need to, um, to make that environment ergonomic. And if you do that, you know, I can have a very productive week. I think especially the way that I'm t- doing that is I'll, I'm going out to California for the whole week with the expectation that the latter part of the week, once all the events kind of die down, I'm just going to be almost having like a, you know, a coding retreat for the last, you know, for Thursday and Friday. Mostly I'm just going to be in my hotel room doing work. And so I want to have it, have things with me to be able to do that and take advantage of the, you know, I can almost like build in, you know, a a staycation working retreat situation there. And so that's just something that, you know, you have to plan ahead if you're going to have the ergonomics uh, to be able to su- successfully do that. Yeah. One more thing on the test devices, too, before we leave that topic, um, you know, because this again, this applies to everyone, whether you're there or not. Yeah. You're going to want to download those betas and put them on a test device. I strongly suggest two two little things that have bit me in the past. Number one, have the test devices be signed in to a test Apple ID, not your real Apple ID, because there are server side and sync components to a lot of these beta features that, that that will be announced, and a lot of times, if you use your real Apple ID in the beta environment, it, then it might do a migration of the data to some new schema or some new format that you can't move back from. And then now, now your actual good Apple ID data is up, you know, up to the whims of of beta conditions. You you don't really want that. Um, secondly, keep in mind that, and this could change at any time, but so far to date. You've been able to undo a beta and go back to the release version on every kind of hardware Apple makes except the Apple Watch. Uh, you know, you can you can restore a phone back to the non-beta. You can restore a Mac back to the non-beta, I think. Um, but you, you can definitely do it with phones and iPads. I don't, I don't care about Apple TV. <laughs> I don't know what the deal is over there. Um, but the Apple Watch, you can't restore back to the non-beta version. So whatever you install and and also the apple watch has to be paired to a phone obviously so like whatever phone and watch that you decide to devote to beta use for watch os that watch is now going to be on that version or later forever make sure that you're using an, an extra watch if you can otherwise you're stuck with running that beta even if it gets really bad you know either either during that week or like halfway through the summer if there's some really bad beta like you're just stuck with that and so you might lose you know, reasonable practical access to your watch for a while, or whatever the case may be, or you might not be able to pair it back to your phone if you move your phone back to the back to the release version. So, have a spare watch if possible. Other devices you can kind of fudge here or there. 
the watch you really need, a dedicated one. Also, if you need hardware for this purpose, if you don't have an old watch lying around that, that'll run the new OS, I can strongly recommend Amazon refurbs. Uh, they're really inexpensive, especially for Apple Watches. Keep in mind, the Apple Watches have the same SOC in Series 6, 7, and 8. So if you can pick up like a, you know a used Series 7, it's probably going to have totally fine compatibility with the next version of watchOS, if I had to guess. Yeah. Um, so there's um, it's it's not that expensive to get a used, refurbished Apple Watch for testing. Um, you can do the same thing with iPhones. Uh, it's a little bit more expensive for phones, but not that much more, especially if you look at like the SE models that are made to be inexpensive to begin with. You can get really inexpensive iPhone SEs and, and, uh, and low-end versions of iPhones. So uh, definitely worth checking out if you need extra hardware. Exactly. Yep. Okay. And I think I would just continue to put in my, my my vote for find a way if you can to use a test device. Your future self will thank you. Yeah. We are brought to you this episode by Indeed. No successful entrepreneur is an island. It takes a core team of trusted advisors to help build a business from the ground up. When it comes to hiring, leave it to the experts. You need Indeed. Indeed is a hiring partner that gets you what you really want, a short list of quality candidates as fast as possible. Simply because you can do it all, attract, interview, and hire, all at Indeed. You don't want to struggle on your own to find quality candidates, and you don't have to. Indeed can help you hire the right people right now. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process, so you can find talent with the skills you need through tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes match your job description, and you can even invite them to apply right away. Indeed really does make the hiring process so easy. By having all the tools in one place, it takes away so much of what can otherwise be a daunting process. Indeed's data shows that with Instant Match, 90% of employers get quality candidates as soon as they sponsor their job post. And candidates are three times more likely to apply than those who just see it in search. So get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash under the radar. That's a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash under the radar. One last time, Indeed.com slash under the radar. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our thanks to Indeed for their support of this show. So on the actual like coding side of things, now that we've got our devices squared away, couple of tips or things to think about i would encourage everyone to try as best they can to just sort of like establish a clean baseline uh in the next week in terms of what your starting point is going to be and then expect that you're likely going to have these two parallel branches going on all summer where you have your you know your your version that you expect to launch in september um and then you have your actual like main shipping version that you will likely be updating to some degree over the summer so just be aware of that yeah. and kind of plan for that yeah don't do it don't do all your ios 17 work in maine <laughs> no don't do that you, you're just asking for trouble um and then i would say something that i've also found in terms of is also do a lot of your w your actual the week of wwdc i get way more mileage often out of just making little prototype projects to try out a new feature, to explore it, to generate kind of the questions I might have for a lab or a sort of the Slack Q&As. Um, a great way to do that is just rather than trying to like make your because very often you, in, you, know, you, you upgrade your developer tools, you open your main big project, and there's going to be issues. There'll be things that don't compile right, deprecation warnings, like all kinds of things that kind of make it messy. 
And so instead, do like file new project and do some exploration and maybe copy paste some code from your main project into it if you need to for some data model stuff or whatever you need to do. But I find trying to minimize the surface area that you are working on the new stuff, especially during that first week, can be super helpful because it allows you to kind of get like in many ways, the goal for the first week is not to build the features that you are going to ultimately be shipping in September. The goal for that first week is to understand the new stuff well enough to ask good questions that will help you know accelerate your process over the summer. So do lots of these like targeted deep dives into the new stuff. See if okay, you know, for my app, I would probably be using this new feature in this way. Try and build that way. You don't need to build it all. Like, you know, for me, say I'm you know, building a widgets um, in Widgetsmith. It isn't necessarily that I would start to build out like 10 different widget types. I would build like one, you know, this last year with lock screen widgets, it was like my goal was to make sure that I could get a lock screen widget displaying correctly on each of the, you know, the lock screen widget type families. That was my goal. That was really what I wanted to have happen. And that was, you know, so rather than trying to worry about, oh, well, what if it's a weather widget? What if it's this kind of widget? It's like, nope, just one thing, deep dive. And then I had a bunch of questions that I could then ask in a lab or in a a Slack Q&A then and get those questions asked because Friday, you know, the end of day on Friday rolls around and sort of much of that just kind of turns off. And this access that is so useful and can be so helpful that we get during WDC goes away. So like your main goal with the code is to just, you know, sort of find the, find the issues, find the questions, find the problems as quickly as you can. And then you can ask those questions and you can get help with them and you can explore what those things are. And then you have all the rest of the summer to actually build out the features, to actually be turning this into a product that you can, you know, ship to the world in September. That, but that for those first few days, it's all about understanding. It's less about sort of really creating things that are going to last. Most of that work I do, I throw away. And that is the purpose of that work. It is, you know, that, that is a feature, not a bug of that situation. Also, you know, take advantage of the the time window that you have to actually get changes made in the APIs and, and frameworks. So you, yeah. you have much of the summer to get bugs fixed, but you only have maybe until July, I would say. Like, I, I think you have June to get the APIs changed. Like if, so if, if, if they release some new API and you're like, man, this is actually, this is missing some really important you know, flag or option, or if they just restructured this very slightly, it would be a lot more useful. That's the kind of change that they could, they could, they actually will do that kind of change within the month of June, usually. After June, it's much harder to get that kind of thing done, and you might have to wait until the entire next year and the whole, and you know, the next year's OSs. So June is the time to file reports and make, and make blog posts and make a stink and reach out to people and go to the labs and everything else if you know, if you want the APIs to be adjusted. And then, you have a little bit more time in the summer to get the actual bugs fixed. So that's that, you know, take advantage. That That's one of the, one of the main advantages of, you know, what Dave was just saying about making like kind of prototypes and playing around with new APIs. A lot of time you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't know if the new API is going to have like some kind of weird shortcoming or bug for you until you try to use it for something. And if you wait to integrate it into your, like your main app or your main apps, you might be waiting until July or August before you really run into those problems. And by then it might be too late to get things changed. So Play with the new stuff as soon as you can. This doesn't mean Monday, but you know necessarily, like because Monday is going to be full of events and sessions and everything else. But as soon as you reasonably can, play with those things. Especially as Dave said, if you take advantage of the um, the Slack kind of labs and activity format that they have, you know that's a really great opportunity, and that's only for that week. We'll say like talking about that, those I think Apple calls them the activities in their like on the developer portal website. 
in in the last couple of years they've been doing these, I would say they are starting to become like the real star of the show for me. Like I get so much out of these. And so essentially what this will be is you sign up. They have usually have a couple of kind of topic areas that you can kind of check boxes for. I found check all the boxes. All it means is that which rooms in Slack are you going to be ad- sort of admitted into? Like it's not this, you know, you're not, you're not committing to anything, you know, deep or rich. It's just which rooms would you like to be in? And so I've typically just say basically all the rooms I'll rather, you know, have access to things and be able to read, um, uh, you know, read things if I want rather than missing out. Um, and then what's great about this format is they t- are very often they'll have a few kind of event events, which are just kind of more, I don't know, which like a chat room discussion kind of thing or a watch along thing. But the, the real thing that where it's been super helpful is they have Q&As um, where imagine, a, you know, like a WWDC lab, but it's with like 50 to 100 to 1000, who knows how many people are there. And you can ask small questions that you can, you know, that they're able to answer that you know, would sometimes potentially feel a bit silly to like try and schedule a 30 minute lab slot to ask this one little question, this one little thing that's been bugging you. Um, but it's a great opportunity to ask it and you ask it in a public way in so far as anyone can benefit from that question. And so I've just learned so much from those sessions. Even if I don't have any questions, go and read the sort of transcript of the Q and A's afterwards. Um, and then also just, I mean, I'll probably understand that not every question can be asked, a- answered, um, both in terms of from a time perspective, but also like just every now and then I feel like there are these people who are asking questions that like, if you ask a question about something in the future, they won't answer it. That is just not the way it works. And don't ask, asking that question isn't, you know, doing anyone any favors. Don't try and be like, does this mean that, you know, this fall's iPhone is going to have this thing? <laughs> they're not, they're not going to answer that. That, that. that is completely not, not what that is for. It's if you have a question about like, well, does this, you know, if this was applied in this way, what does that mean? Like they might be able to get you a little bit more kind of help in that. But it's a super important thing, I think, to take advantage of those and, also, it's a way to kind of understand if there are bigger issues, if they aren't small questions that are good in that Q&A format, that's when you take it to a lab. But that's when you schedule a lab and, you know, with a lab, you know, have have questions, be prepared for those. I think it's like the amount of benefit you can get from a lab is so directly proportional to the amount of preparation that you put into it to some degree. Like if you have something, that, some bug that you want to show, like have your Xcode project good to you know ready to go you know make sure that you've run through it as though like you were showing someone else so that if you're reproducing a bug show you know you know how to reproduce it every time because you can just it's a limited thing and when the time you know when you get to the end of your, you know whatever you have a 30 minute slot you get to 300 they really have to go because they're going to someone else's slot and so be prepared for those take advantage of them um, and then just like pay attention to that, you know, it's like understand that there's going to be a schedule posted of those kind of labs and of those things. And if you don't sign up at the right time, you're going to miss out. And so just pay attention to the schedule. Like I think it's usually released Monday afternoon, Monday evening. And so usually what I'll do is like Monday, I get home from everything. I'm a little bit kind of drained from the day. And I'll just kind of casually just browse the schedule and kind of circle the things that I want to pay attention to later in the week so that I don't miss out. So that I, if there's something that's happening Tuesday morning, I'm aware of that. Uh, and I would just encourage you to kind of be aware of those things because as with all these things, the, the nice, I mean, the Slack thing, the nice thing is you can always go back and read the transcript if you were in the room. But for the labs, if there was a, you know, the, the labs for the technology that you are most interested in is having their labs on Tuesday morning and you need to sign up for it Monday night, pay attention to that. Otherwise you will miss out and it, you know, the opportunity will not present itself uh, potentially for another whole other year. 
Yeah, it, the labs are such a great resource, and you know, much of WBDC, you know, the the session videos, like you know, a lot of the the sample stuff and access, much of that is available whenever you want. So you don't necessarily have to rush to watch every session if that will cause you to miss a lab or you know, a, a activity Q and A kind of thing. So you know, sessions are you know, obviously sessions will give you content to ask questions about. Uh, so you know it's it's obviously a balance to be struck. You can't just save all your session watching for the plane ride home or or you know the following week. Uh, but you you do, if if push comes to shove and you have to give on something like you can you can save this session for later or tomorrow or you can play it at one point five x later. You know and and meanwhile then you can go back and attend that lab or attend that activity. Yeah. No. Exactly. And just I mean and I think on the sessions it's like understand that I very often will skim sessions during the week. And with the expectation that I will watch those sessions properly, like with, you know, like a mindset that I'm really trying to learn much later on. Like over the summer, I will come back. To, there are several videos like for key technologies that I have probably watched seven or eight times. Like the, you know, the initial widgets video, I probably watched seven or eight times. And it's just that's useful that it exists in a format that I can do that with. But the first watch, I'm just kind of skimming through. Oh, this isn't for me. I'll just skip forward 30 seconds, 30 seconds. OK, what's you know, here's a new chapter. Um, like just going through with the set of, I'm just trying to let it wash over me so that I'm aware, like I'm building awareness. And then as the summer progresses, I'm building like expertise and knowledge. But that first, the first few weeks, it's just about awareness. Like what are the new things? What are the things I need to explore? What captures my attention? What, you know, prompts questions that I might want to ask. It's all about that kind of higher level thing to start with. And then you have all summer to rewatch it a thousand times and understand how, you know, how you can really use it and exact syntax of what you would do where the esoteric edge case feature, you know, you have plenty of time for that later. And definitely, like, you know, watch the sessions in complexity order. So, you know, start out with the what's new in blah, blah, blah. You know, like the, the high-level sessions that are kind of overviews of what's new or different in core technologies. You know, what's new in UIKit, what's new in Swift UI, what's new in the platform, State of the Union, obviously. You know, watch those. It Like, start with those because you might learn from those that there is some other topic area that you wouldn't have necessarily watched the dedicated video on otherwise, but you learn the overview from the overview session. Oh, wait a minute. That there's a, that's a, that's a pretty big change in, you know, the debugger or instruments or something like, you know, something that like you, you might've like waited till later or skipped entirely um, like for the detail video on that. But the overview session will tell you like, here's an area that you might want to pay attention to. Also, you know, Apple, for all their wonderfulness, is is not super great at documentation uh, all the time. Um, a lot of times, the little remarks that the presenter makes in the sessions during those overviews or during, you know, during the more detailed ones, of course, also. But those overview sessions also contain little remarks or little comments that reveal important details about how something works or important changes that are being made under the hood that, oh, all of a sudden now, you know, this network call is going to have this other behavior that it didn't have before. That could just be a remark in the overview video. So watch all of those because that's yeah. there's there's so much value there. And yeah, you know, if you're like, you know, not a game developer, you can skip over the game section probably. But like there's usually enough density in there. Those every one of those overview videos is, is worth watching. Yeah. And I think on that, I would also say that even in the areas, it isn't necessarily that some things aren't documented. But it's the in the session, you will often get the why of why something is done a particular way yeah. in a way that is hard to capture in the documentation. Like when they're documenting something or if you're looking at the API, you'll see like what they did 
and how to use it, but you don't get why they did it that way. And often you'll have a few sentences at the beginning of a section where they explain kind of what their intent is, why it's structured in a particular way. And that can be super helpful to make sure that you're using it kind of in the direction that they're expecting rather than swimming against the current of it um, because you're you're expecting, oh, uh, this is built this way because of this. And it may actually be going in a completely different direction and you're misusing it as a result. So I'm I'm ready. You ready ready to do this thing? I think so. I mean, I think now it's like the, the last thing I can think of is the weird, like, it, it is a wonderful week, especially if you're going to be there in town. Like, it is, I love being around the people of this community. I've been a community, part of this community for a long time. It's also kind of a weird week sometimes in terms of interpersonally. I find I'm not the most, like, gregarious, outgoing person, but it's a week where suddenly, like, many people know who I am and want to say hi. And that is wonderful and special. And I think it's, it's like, super cool to, you know, be recognized in public. Like, I don't even... It's, it's, just, it's still weird, but it, it's a thing that happens um, only at WWDC, but that's where it happens. Um, and I would just say on that score, it's like, understand that it's, it's a weird week for us all. Like, maybe this isn't our most comfortable thing, but like, be patient with people, be kind, be respectful. Don't be too shy, though. Like, I think some of my early years, I just would kind of keep to myself and wouldn't say anything to anyone. And I was missing out on me- making new friends. I mean, I think you and I have been for the first time at a WWDC. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's very much an opportunity to just meet people and to reach out. Understand that sometimes people have places to go and can't, you know, sort of you can't get into a detailed discussion. But generally, it's great to say hi. If you admire someone's work, like I do this all the time, as I try and take it as an opportunity to say thank you to people who are doing things that I admire, that I've been inspired by. You know, this is going to be other developers. These are people within Apple who are working on technologies. And it's like, this is the one you know, the one day a year where that they can come out and you can say thank you for making this amazing thing. Like, it's a wonderful opportunity for that. So take advantage of it if you happen to be there in person. And I'll be wearing a, bro- a bright blue t-shirt most of the week. So if you see me, say hi. Yeah. Keep in mind, we're all a bunch of nerds. <laughs> so come, yeah. come up and say hi. We, we're as awkward as you. Don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> we'll get through it together. Exactly. All right. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Good luck through WBDC. And we will talk to you shortly after the uh, or during the week uh, in two weeks. Bye.